we have a brand new podcast. Visit myprivacy.help to subscribe. Did you know you can completely control your personal information without relying on a third party? Farris, Gordon and industry experts explain how you can reclaim control of your data, your privacy, your life. Visit myprivacy.help. I'm sorry to give a non-easy answer, but it honestly depends on the user, where you're at, what your intentions are, what your, your time horizon for your Bitcoins is. It really just, it's kind of like planning a will. It's not one size fits all. So with that, reach out to us for a personal consultation because we just need to see if you have a significant amount, how do you protect it? And what are your intentions with it? There's, there's a lot to go to, to factor in. That's a very unsatisfying answer, Faris. I will give a satisfying answer. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Bitcoin Basics Help podcast with your host, Gordon. That's me, and I have Faris with me as well. Our proof of recording for December the 3rd, 2023, the current price of Bitcoin is 43340 I know uh, that's slightly higher than the last time we recorded Faris, but we're not going to get into that. The current block height is 820100 and 96 all-time highs yes that's a joke i'll keep on using it so today we've got another question from a listener jeremy and before i ask faris a ton of questions here's his question hi gordon and faris thanks for your program appreciate the the content it's uh, super accessible and um yeah i find it uh, really helpful as i begin my journey with bitcoin uh, my name is Jeremy. Uh, I live in Australia, and my question has to do with uh, how do I best protect my Bitcoin? Um, do I use and store it on a on a cold wallet? Uh, but then I've I've come across um, other, other ideas of hot wallets and paper wallets, and I guess I'm just trying to, I guess ultimately make sure that I'm not hacked or I, I don't become a victim to a phishing scam. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd really appreciate if you could tell me that, what the difference are between these type of wallets, uh, what their functions are, and also what you would recommend as the best way to protect Bitcoin. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for the question. Um, the very first thing that you ask is, how do I best protect my Bitcoin? Probably not by giving your name and location on a Bitcoin Basics podcast is probably the best first way. So I'll actually edit or bleep that out. Um, that's how best to physically protect you. Uh, but in all seriousness, Faris, he asked a lot of questions, so I just want to go through them. And his first one was, do I use a cold wallet, hot wallet, paper wallet? Um, perhaps you could go through what are the different kinds of wallets. Yeah, so first of all, a lot of people are still on these days unaware of a wallet. And we've seen, you know, in the last couple of years, um, Hedge fund managers, um, private equity firms buying Bitcoin for other people, leaving them on FTX and losing them. So people need to know what a wallet is and how to use it. Uh, so the basic wallet that you first learn how to use will be a desktop um, or mobile wallet. And there are so many of them. Um, you know, uh, Blue is one that I use. Uh, there's Moon. There's there's so many. Uh, the 
Beach Bitcoin one's a good one, which they're just about to rebrand. And all that does is, yeah, take your private keys, your Bitcoins, off of an exchange and put them onto your phone or your computer. Now, that is convenient. That's easy. So not as secure. Um, you can lose your phone. You can, you know, your computer can crash. So you got to make sure you back up those seed phrases. So this leads us to the next quandary with Bitcoin management is where do you keep your seed phrases? And that's just more important than even using a wallet because you can download your Bitcoins into a wallet, delete the wallet. But if you have your seed phrases, you're still fine. So it really comes down to what your level of expertise is. So most of us will start off with a mobile desktop wallet and work our way up then to a cold storage device. So um, my favorite one today is still the Bitbox, um, which we've reviewed on the show. I quite like that one. So that's like a USB stick where uh, same thing. It has the 28 um, phrase, seed phrase, so 28 words. So you're still running the same problem. Where do I keep my 28 words? 24. 24. Thank you. Sorry, Gordon. 24 words. Uh, you can add extra security measures on that. If you lose that, you just buy another one and you recover it with those same seed phrases. Um, then you can move on to Wait. something. You know, you've gone. You've gone way too far, Paris. I, I like your answer, but you, you, you're um, you're miles ahead. <laughs> All right. It's good though. It's good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stop you there because you asked a very important question about storing seed phrases. But before we yeah. get to that, he did actually want to know, and and I'm sure other people want to know what are the different types of wallets. We have done plenty of episodes on Bitcoin wallets, so we don't need to go into too much detail. But for example, yeah. uh, what's the difference between a custodial or third-party wallet and a non-custodial or what we call self-custody wallet? So a custodial wallet is one where you can just log in and see your balance, but whoever's holding that wallet, and usually it's an exchange, um, they actually control your private keys. They can get hacked, and we had a hack recently with Poloniex. So you can, you know, for all you know, your funds were, th were there. Next thing you know, you can ac access them. So this still happens. Um, now, those Poloniex funds are actually recovered, but it took, you know, six weeks or something before people could access their funds. That wouldn't happen if you had a... Um, a self-managed wallet because you're in charge. No one else, just you. Yeah, and I think that's really important for people to understand. Uh, obviously, exchanges, when you go to Binance or Coinbase or whatever, uh, that's a custodial wallet. But there, there are still uh, mobile wallets that are custodial wallets. So when picking a wallet, you need to be careful. Uh, is it a third party controlling your private keys, your Bitcoins? Uh, which is convenient, you know, to to leave mm. your stuff on Coinbase or Binance or even a mobile wallet that's custodial. Super convenient because guess what? If you lose your password, you lose your phone or whatever, you've got support, you've got someone to call, you can reset your password, all that kind of stuff. Super convenient. But obviously the disadvantage is if they get hacked or like you mentioned with Poloniex or um, they go mm. bankrupt or something like that, you've lost everything. So we definitely recommend a non-custodial or self-custody wallet. Uh, you mentioned Blue Wallet. That is definitely a wallet that I recommend for a mobile phone, mobile or desktop. Uh, they're non-custodial for a small amount of funds, you know, spending money, have a play around with it. But once you get serious money, as you mentioned, Ferris, you need to look at something called a hardware wallet. Uh, you mentioned the Bitbox O2, definitely. And here's the caveat, and I, I, I won't go down a rabbit hole, I promise, Ferris, but the caveat is... 
in my opinion, and uh, I think this is your opinion as well, it must be open source. And the reason why yeah. is because a wallet might say that they're non-custodial. So they might say, yep, yeah, we're non-custodial. You have the private keys. You have complete control. But if they're not open source, how do you know? So that's mm -hmm. why I, I don't recommend a ledger. And not to pick on ledger because there are other hardware wallets around, but they are not open source. So ledger says, yep, you control your keys or whatever that. And I'm sure that's true. You know, they've got a reputation for, for, to protect. They would go out of business if they, but who knows, you know, they, they, they may do something funny in the future or they may be tracking you or maybe doing all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. So that's why I can only recommend an open source. The best open source wallet, in my opinion, and your opinion is Bitbox02, completely open source. There are other wallets, but I just wanted to make that little caveat that um, if it's not open source, they may say they're non-custodial, but you don't really know. Uh, so Blue Wallet for a mobile, uh, Bitbox02 for a hardware, they're both open source. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely agree there. But yeah, the yeah, and the issue that you'll come across with managing a Bitcoin is those 28 seed phrases, because that's more important. So once it's 24, sorry, don't sit with me today. 24 seed phrases. You've got extra, um, extra words. Oh man. Oh. Um, Hang on, before you even get there, Faris, he he just yeah. he mentioned one. Okay, so I, I think we've covered custodial, non-custodial yeah. differences, and there are other things that are paper wallets, metal wallets, all that kind of stuff. Have a look at our series on Bitcoin wallets, which I'll mm. link in the show notes if you want to um, uh, go into that rabbit hole. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share, so we can find others like yourself. But he did mention just before you talk about storage, because I think at the end of the day, that's the key question. Um, how do you store your seed phrase, your backup recovery phrase? Yeah. Um, he did mention avoiding hacks and phishing. So what, what's the best way to not get hacked? Well, I just don't have your um, Bitcoins on exchange, your private keys on exchange. That's number one. And like you said, make sure that you have an open source um, wallet that you're using. So just talking and about then, you personally, not the company. Yeah. So and with that, you got. Yeah, we, we've gone. We've actually provided security videos of this because there's a lot to go into. Um, for you know, first of all, the bitcoins don't tell people we have bitcoin. Um, yeah, this would be a long episode if we went that. So let's just direct people to previous episodes that we've done about this because we've done a whole series on this. YouTube guys well, and everything. Yeah, yeah, we have, and and it's super simple. You just need to be. Mm -hmm. You need to be smart and you need to think about, well, should I be using um, my hardware wallet on a Windows-ridden computer full of viruses and a computer that I play games on or whatever? Probably not. Now, in theory, it shouldn't matter. You could have the worst diseased, infected computer in the world. It's It, it can't actually infect your hardware wallet, your USB thing. But not really good practices when you're looking at exchange the wallet stuff that. So you just need you need to be a little bit smarter. I would recommend using a separate device. You could use Linux, you could use Mac, you could use Windows, but a separate device, a clean operating system with a VPN, a firewall, and use you know sort of best practices, hard um, password manager, all that kind of stuff. So I will link that series in the video. Um, but yeah, I would use a separate device for doing all this stuff for 
dealing with your exchange and, and doing your hardware wallet, that kind of stuff. So I think that, yeah. that covers that question. Yeah, thanks. So at the end of the day, and we've we've looked at, you know, different wallets and that sort of stuff. And and I think you briefly mentioned what wallets do. You know, they help you secure your uh, private keys, your, your Bitcoin. Um, but they do all that kind of stuff under the hood. So you don't really need to sort of know the inner workings of, well, how does it send or receive? And how does it store my private key and all that kind of stuff? If you're using a reputable wallet, it does all that stuff in the background, all that stuff sort of for you. Mm-hmm. Um, from a privacy point of view, Faris, even if you are using a hardware wallet, you are still connecting to their servers. So if you use, say, Bitbox or a Ledger or a Trezor or the hardware um, wallets, they provide great security. But just remember that they are actually communicating with their server. So every time you open the yeah. wallet, every time you check the price, every time you do a send and receive, you are actually going through their service. So that's a separate conversation for a separate day. But mm-hmm. yeah, you you probably aren't getting very good privacy um, unless you run a Bitcoin full node. Um, but in terms of security, yes, uh, open source hardware like Bitbox is definitely the best. So without all that out of the way, we're getting to the meat of it. And you, I, I just stopped you. Uh, what would we recommend? And his question uh, really look, is, what? Yeah. How do we store? What What are the best practices for storing our twenty four word seed phrase, recovery phrase? Some call it a numeric, mnemonic yeah. phrase, all, all the same thing. You've got your bitcoins on your hardware wallet. That's all great, you know, whatever. But how do you store that? That's that's really mm. what he's asking. So. Yeah, so there's a lot of options available, um, and it depends on your expertise level. So with Bitcoin, when you first get in, start with small amounts. Um, play around with it, just buy it, send it from one wallet to another, see how it works. Because the problem is people treat Bitcoin like they treat their bank account. They go, I bought Bitcoin on you know, Binance, I'll log in and I can see it there. And they think they can access it anytime. You can lose it anytime. You know, it's not like your bank. You are the bank. Learn how it works. Buy small amounts, move it around. Start with desktop wallets. Start with a mobile wallet. Mobile wallets even better. Uh, a non-exchange wallet. So don't download the Binance wallet. Don't download something other wallet. Just, you know, blue wallets. A good one to start with. Play with those. Then when you are comfortable doing that and you want to invest more and more money in the Bitcoin, then look at cold storage devices. Then when you get even more comfortable with that, then you can look at things like a steel card, which does not communicate with the internet at all once, you know, once you download it. But that's, that is expert level. That's, you know, Gene Hackman and you, and we've estate Gordon, Gordon level stuff. I'll definitely edit that out with my surname. Thanks for that. Um, but his real question is, and it, and it seems like he's got, got there already. So his real question is, okay, he's at that point. He's got a hardware wallet with significant funds on it. What do you recommend to have yeah, store? Yeah, cold storage device. Do a cold storage device. The Bitbox O2 is what I'd recommend. So he's got that already. Let's say he's yeah. got that. He's got his funds on it. What yeah. is the best way of storing your seed phrase? Oh, sorry. Um, That's what he asked, really. Yeah, so this is the tricky one. And to be honest, I don't think we should make this one publicly available because it depends on the person. 
And we do set these up on one-on-one consultations with people. So there are ways of doing that. You need to do that. And yeah, and I'm sorry to give a non-easy answer, but it honestly depends on the user, where you're at, what your intentions are, what your your time horizon for your Bitcoins is. It really just, it's kind of like planning a will. It's not one size fits all. So with that, reach out to us for a personal consultation because we just need to see if you have a significant amount, how do you protect it? And what are your intentions with it? There's there's a lot to go to, to factor in. That's a very unsatisfying answer, Faris. I will give a satisfying answer. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> um, no, you're right. It, it depends. But in general, um, whether you set a steel wallet, as you said, or a paper wallet, um, you just need to follow best practices. And, you know, some of the best practices, practices like setting up a 25th word. So if someone gets your paper wallet or, or your um, steel wallet, you're not screwed because they still don't have that 25th word, that extra word that you've created, a password, a passphrase, something like that. Most hardware uh, devices offer that. It's called a hidden wallet or plausible deniability. But really follow best practices in terms of using password managers, uh, using separate devices, all that kind of stuff. And it also depends on how tech savvy you are. There are non-tech solutions, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, paper wallet, steel wallet. But what happens if someone, you know, you lose your steel wallet or that gets stolen? Um, what about estate planning? Something happens to you. How do your next of kin yep. get access to your funds? Um if you are not tech savvy, then there are plenty of those sort of solutions. If you are tech savvy, there's something called multi-seek. You could actually have several hardware wallets. And if you lose one of them, it's not the end of the world. And so there are many things that you can do to protect yourself against theft. But more than likely, I, I would say, I have no statistics, but I would say most of the time, it's more to do with your own loss. You know, you, you've you've outsmarted yourself or You've lost mm. those 24 words. Um, there are definitely ways around that. And and as Ferris mentioned, and I was being facetious, it, it really does depend. And you need to, especially if you've got significant amount of Bitcoin, you need to come up with your Bitcoin risk mitigation strategy, which involves estate planning, next of kin tax, mm. um, uh, multi-sig, all that kind of stuff by yourself. If you can't do that, as Faris said, uh, we run webinars. We also do um, consulting as well to help people set that up as well. Head across to bitcoinbasics.help and um, join our next webinar and or uh, send us a contact if you want to set up your Bitcoin risk mitigation plan. Because I think a lot of the time, Faris, people have good ideas like, oh, I'll just I'll just rip my piece of paper where I've I've um, wrote my twenty four words. I'll give half to my parents and I'll keep half. And it's like that's the worst idea ever because uh, if they lose if they lose it, then you've lost your Bitcoin because you've only got twelve words. So um, you can kind of outsmart yourself. So sometimes the best solutions are the simplest solutions, but there are both technical and non technical. So mm. the answer of it depends, I know, is unsatisfying. But yeah, come up with your own plan. If you can't come up with your own plan, join one of our webinars and uh, uh, send us a contact if you um, if you need some consulting help. You finish it off. No, that sounds good, man. Finish it there. Okay. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. 
visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.